Hello and welcome to Take Me Through Your Day. This is part two of Greg Dallas. And, uh, take it away. Enjoy the show. What, what did you do for a living? Um, okay, I was the, uh, I ended up being the head writer, editor, and um, head of the writing department for a company called Age of Learning. Mm-hmm. And they uh, are, they they initially, the guy who owned Age of Learning initially owned Neopets, um, which most people have heard of. Yeah, I think that's popular. Enough. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people have not heard of his next project, which was <coughs> abcmouse.com, <clears throat> which is a children's educational website um, that he started right after he sold Neopets. And it's for ages three to six, and it's basically a virtual world where you go into, you have an avatar of yourself, the kid does, the kid creates their own avatar. And they go into this town, and, you know, there's a whole map and everything, and there's a movie theater, and there's an arcade, and there's a bookstore, and there's a library, and there's, you know, everything the town would have, grocery store. And they, you know, they can explore the, the town, but everything is supposed to be a learning experience. So any games they would play in the arcade would be, have something to do with learning some yeah, some so skill. you can interact with it, and wherever you go, right. you're going to learn something, even though it's through games and, right. I and, imagine, stuff like that. Right, and I was initially hired um, to, they were just looking, they needed a writer to to stock their library and their bookstore, and they wanted someone who was diverse enough that he could, that I, I could write um, and make it look like it was a lot of different people writing. That was the main thing they were looking for. They wanted They wanted someone who could write in different voices. Okay. And my past experience with screenwriting, you know, as I had mentioned, I had written three scripts that won three different awards, and they were all mm-hmm. different genres, yeah. and they were all pretty much different uh, voices. So I, I, I have a strength in that, in that I can, you know, I like I like writing in different ways. So yeah, absolutely. But just just to recap from the last episode, yeah, um, you were bartending. And you saw an ad on Craigslist, was it? I believe it was Craigslist. I, I, that would be my best. That'd be my best guess. It was a long time. It was 2008, and I was bartending, and I wasn't making any money because the housing crisis. Um, you know, everyone was getting their asses kicked in 2008, so nobody was going out. I would go to the bar and I would walk home with like twelve dollars, mm-hmm. um, and th- you know that wasn't enough to pay rent. So I started looking around. I was like, I need to get a nine to five actual job, and I was like, well, what <laughs> what can I do? So, I well, yeah, what does a writer do when right. you want to just Right, I have get a degree a, in a solid paycheck. I have a degree in literature, so um, I just happened to stumble across, across this ad that said they were looking for someone to write. It didn't say much; it just said children's book writer, um, a, you know, ability to write in varying styles, something like that. And I answered it, and I sent them my resume, and I ended up maybe a week or two later getting a call, and it was on my birthday, um, which is in November. And there was supposed to be a party for me, um, and so all my friends were kind of gathering, and the lady that I spoke to asked if I could come in the next day for an interview. So I didn't have any, and she asked me to bring like um, like a portfolio yeah. of writing that I had done. So I needed something that was, that could show that I would could write children's books. Yeah. So it just, am I... Going, am I no, no, no. This is good. This is retell good. the whole thing for me. You can, you can give the cliff notes of it, but yeah, retell, okay. retell it. So I ended up. The, one of the guys at the party was my manager at the restaurant, at the bar where I worked, and he happened to be a very good. Uh, he was an illustrator. He was, he was always drawing cartoons. He would draw cartoons of people for fun, 
And another guy, and I told him, I was like, I need to write a children's book and I need to do it now. And another guy who's just, I think it was a boyfriend of a girl that was there, just happened to have the, the cells for, um, storyboard cells in, in the trunk of his car for whatever reason. I don't even remember why. So we had, you know, storyboards and my buddy just basically illustrated, uh, according to whatever I told him to, to, to draw. And I wrote the short story, the children's book that night. And yeah. what was the name of the book again? Li Po Hugs the Moon. Okay. So there was a famous Chi- Chinese poet named Li Po. He also goes by Li Bai. Um, he was like, he's supposedly the, the second most famous Chinese poet after Confucius, but nobody's ever heard of him. So I don't know how that's true. Um, but yeah, he, I was. Re- I had just been reading about how he dr- he died. The way he died was he was trying to. He got drunk. He was fishing on the Yangtze uh, River, and he saw the reflection of the moon in the in the river and was and was reaching for it and fell in. Um, so I wrote a version of that story in which he's a child and he sees his, the reflection of the moon and wants to hug the moon. And he falls into the river. He doesn't die in my children's book. He just, he ends up underwater and he's weightless. So it's very much like he, because he wanted to go to space and he wanted to hug the moon. And so he sees the starfish and the reflection of the moon around it, lighting him up. And it's yeah. very magical and childlike and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, so, so it was illustrated on professional looking cells and I brought it in. And in the interview, they asked me, you know, if I had I ever written anything, had I ever done any professional children's book writing and I said no but I did this last night and you know it yeah. basically wanted to show them that I could write very quickly yeah I did get it on a deadline and just yeah. knock it out so they were very impressed by that and they basically I, they didn't hire me right away I had to come back and do like another interview and I had to do like they made me do a test so now we're getting into this what was um, I was going to say walk me through the process a little bit you, of you, the hiring yeah you, you answer this ad on Craigslist they reach out to you and say come in for an interview yeah okay so what's the process initial interview I met with the, the HR, um, and the it might, I can't remember. I, maybe it was just one interview. Um, it was HR, and then this guy Lee, who ended up being like the uh, chief operating officer of the entire place. And well, I didn't know this at the time, but they were all Scientologists, all oh, of them. Really? The entire, all of upper management that work there is really big in Scientology. The, the head guy's name is. He's huge name in Scientology. Like he's like I don't know upper echelon. I don't know. I don't know the different. <laughs> you don't know the tiers. I don't know the tiers, but um, and they're all everyone who, who whom he brought with him from Neopets. They were all in Scientology with him. So they had me do a test, which was kind of it was kind of a weird test. Um, and I I remember thinking this is weird. Um, but at the time, I didn't know that they were Scientology. And it was basically a test that they that they do an auditing in Scientology. Oh, so they had you go through an audit. It, they didn't have me go through an audit. It was something similar um, where they were asking questions like psychological type questions. Like, what oh. would you do in this situation? It, it was something that they use in Scientology, but it's not like they didn't have me sitting there. What do Probably they do? The, the introductory thing before they get right. you in. Probably. Grab the little meters. Yeah. And the... I was not holding meters and I was not. And at that time, I didn't even know they were Scientologists. But the, so I. I remember thinking the test was weird. So I passed the test, and then I, they hired me pretty quickly after that. I don't remember if that was the second interview or if there was just one interview. I think there probably it might have been just one. Mm. Um, and then I basically started working the next week, and I was one of, like, 12 people that started out there. And, you know, they, they've since grown. They grew up. While I was there, we were upwards of, like, 150, 160 people. 
since I left, I left in 2014. And um, since then, it's, they're like three, 350. Uh, they, they have like three floors in a huge building. And so, so they're doing pretty well. They're doing very well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, a lot of people have actually heard of them. A lot of uh, you know mothers who have young kids. Yeah, I was going to say, if I, I, don't, I don't have any yeah. kids or anything, so um, why would I come across this? Yeah, a lot, so it's, it's, it's a pretty big site now. It, it's not nearly as big as Neopets. Yeah, but that's still really interesting that they're like growing at that kind right. of rate. So, all right, you get the job, and then um, what? what is your, how does your day begin? Like, how far away do you live from the office? What time do you wake up? I lived, I, I actually ended up moving. The office is in a place called Glendale, and I was living in Playa del Rey, and I wanted to be closer to work. So I ended up moving to Glendale, and I only lived like a mile, mile and a half from the office. Um, all right, so this is L.A., I'm assuming you're driving, but... Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, no, because my car broke down, and at, for for a good bit of it, I was riding a bike. Okay. Um, so okay, let's let's go back a little bit. So what what time do you usually wake up? I would wake up at like eight thirty. Is this something you set an alarm for, or is you just you get on a schedule? No, and you're good? no, I, yeah, I just set an alarm. I'm not a very good morning person at all. You, you hitting the uh, <laughs> snooze a lot, or you yes, just absolutely. Okay. And I usually, you know, I, we're supposed to be there at nine thirty was the start time. And we left at like six, um, I believe. But everyone, it was such a weird place. Everyone was like afraid to leave. Nobody wanted to be the first to leave. That's. I mean, there's offices that have that vibe. Sometimes yeah. it just happens. We just we and we ended up all just staying late. Like everyone, nobody wanted to 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 be the person who left. So I we we ended up. I, I think we a lot of times we had stayed there till like seven. I, I ended up. Okay. So, let's start from the beginning. So, yes, my morning, I would okay. wake up. Morning, 8.30, hitting the alarm, yeah. snoozing in a few times. Right. Get there at 9.30. Well, let's back up because we're going to go through the whole day this way. Okay. So, what what does your morning routine look like? What do you usually do in the morning? I throw on clothes, take a shower. I take a shower, throw on clothes, and rush out the door. I'm usually late. Okay. I'm not a morning person, so I don't, I don't sit down and read the newspaper and eat breakfast and I'm not a coffee drinker so I, see, I would I'm just I'm fascinated with those little details that's why okay. I always ask no I was like I'd be out the door I'd usually be running late and, and would be rushing to get to work okay so your commute um, what would you say percentage wise how much was the bike how much was the car well in the okay so in the beginning the first year or so that I worked there I was still living in Playa del Rey so okay. that was a good 45 minute commute because I had to go on freeways that was okay the commute from Playa del Rey at the beach to Glendale in the valley is was quite a hike, especially during rush hour. So I would have to get up seven seven thirty at that yeah, time, significantly. Early. Um, and then it was uh, you know trying to figure out the best way to go. You're just sitting in traffic and people are honking. It's stressful and miserable. All right. Well, let's um, stick with that route then. So you say like a forty five minute average commute. Probably. What are you doing on the ride there? Are you listening to music? Listening to the radio. Radio, um, audio. I, I think at one point I listened to. I was. I remember I was listening to Moby Dick. Uh, was one of the audio books I, I listened to. So that was definitely. I, I definitely. Re I don't remember what the other ones were. I just remember Moby Dick took me a long time. <laughs> um, so that took up a good couple months of me just listening to that and. Um, but yeah, I would listen to audiobooks, listen to music on the radio. Just music on the radio? Nothing you've like brought in yourself? Oh, you know, sometimes. Well, uh, what, kind of, what kind of preference? That's kind of what um, Classic about. rock, you know, Pink Floyd, stuff like that. Um, but a lot of times it was just what it was over on the radio. 
Okay, so you get to the office in Glendale. Um, is, is there like a parking structure? What's the situation with the... Uh... There was a parking structure, and this comes into play later, that was separate from the actual building. And it was kind of dark, and it was a little bit away from the... So it was like next to the building. It yeah. wasn't like underground of the building. Yeah. It was a separate building. Um, and I'll allude to it now, but I ended up having to stay late a lot because I got in the habit of walking one of my bosses to her car, which ah. she then relied upon yes. and expected. Um, and it was just a nice thing I was doing at first, and then it became an everyday thing. I like the foreshadowing. So I'll tell, I, I'll tell you more about that later. <laughs> so you, you park in the structure, and then what's what's the situation? How do you get into your like office space? What, what do you have? Is it an office space, cubicle? Yeah, uh, it, was an, uh, it was an office building, uh, take an elevator, 14th floor, I believe it was. Um, and then I, I had like a little room, but there were other people in that room. There were there were two graphic designers and another writer. Um, but she, she, it was awkward because she was there already and they brought me in to be her boss. Um, That's an interesting choice. Yeah. So she, she, I didn't know that at first. I didn't know what my position was at first. That, which, so for the first couple of weeks, I was just kind of like doing what they asked me to do. They would come in and be like, well, can you, can you write this? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'd be like, sure. And it was like, I would ask her like, you know, is this coming out? Okay. Like, what, and she was like, you know, you tell me, you know, like she knew that I was her boss and I didn't for, for <laughs> probably a month. I imagine that's very confusing for yeah. a little while. And they didn't explain it well. Um, they didn't explain a lot well. They kind of just stuck me to it and said, we need you to write a book about plants. Um, right. You know, and how, you know, one of the books was called, literally called How Plants Grow. You know, how paint dries, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, so I would just, I would do it. And then um, and the, in the beginning, we were, we were looking on for stock photography and we were writing these books. We would write the, 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 the words, the verbiage, the dialogue, whatever, um, the text, <laughs> the copy is the actually copy, what I yeah. should say. Um, and then we would have to go like for each page, we would have to go find a stock photo that fit the, what we wrote on that page. And those were the books in the beginning okay. and they were terrible. Um, but that it was very, very rudimentary at first. It was basically like we were doing placeholders for later. Um, I guess and, that makes sense. I mean, you'd want to do something, so you'd have, right. Yeah. Um, but in the beginning, they were putting those books on the site with the just to see what it looked like, and it was, just, it was just it was me and this other girl, and then we had these two graphic designers that were kind of helping with the with the title with the uh, cover of the book and, and things like that. But it was all it was all digital. It was all online. Okay, so let's. I don't usually do this, but like, just because it's so loose in the beginning here. What was the what were those first couple of days like? Like, you go, you find your office, you sit down, and then, and what? Yeah. Someone just comes in and tells you there what was, to do. Were there meetings? What's what? There what's was a on? point person. Her name was Stephanie, and she was my. It was made very clear to me right away that she was my boss. She was in charge. Yeah. Um, and I would. And she took a liking to me right away. I don't know what it was. It was, uh, I don't know if there was 
something that she was I, I kind of think later on looking back that she was there was something there that she, you know um, but she just she just really she thought I was she thought I was very funny like I would I'd make jokes and she, she every, every joke I made she thought it was hysterical and whatever and so I would basically talk to her and she'd be like okay here's what I need and I would go in every morning and she'd be like here's okay here's what I need I need you to do this book on this and then I need you to look for photos for, for it and, and and she would you know a couple you know how plants grow um describing colors um you know uh g is for greg you know um the sound of the letter the, the sound that the two letters ch make you know what yeah. i mean things like that, all the little tiny little lessons I, I guess just to be a little bit more descriptive because i i guess you're not getting an image of what the office looked like but it was we had one half of a floor okay um and it was basically a square and in the middle there was a commons area with you know kitchen and a little meeting room type thing it's all like open air or is it it's all open air okay yeah. um and that commons area was for the entire floor mm. and then we had one half of it so it was like half of a rectangle and it was just basically hallways with closed doors um and if you go into one of those doors um, there would be it was just a kind of a long I'd say 14 foot by 10 foot or 8 foot room with about 4 desks 4 or 5 desks and it was just me and this uh, and the two graphic designers and this other writer Okay. And, and for the first month I was going down the hallway to Stephanie's office she had her own office basically a larger room um but she had her own desk. She had the whole office to herself. Um, and then there was, you know, if you go to the corner office, that was Doug's office, the president of the company, the owner of the company. And then you turn the corner, and then it would be like, there was an illustrator room. There were, and then there was, if you go down to another room, there was a uh, the programmers, the guys who did all the the programming and IT and stuff. There was a the guy, the one guy that ended up being my best friend there, Eddie. He was in charge of the games, and he was a programmer. Um, so, yeah, there was there were designers, there were artists, illustrators, um, and you know tech people, and but we were all in different rooms. But you're all somehow communicating with each other to work on. It was difficult. Projects? It was difficult. Okay. Um, and I would just go into Stephanie's room, office in the morning, first thing in the morning, and she would just kind of brief me on what she wanted for that day, and I would get to work on it. And I didn't have. I we didn't really. You know, we just kind of bullshitted in the in the room, me and the other people. I, I didn't know this at all, but I was all of their bosses. Um, oh. <laughs> so when did you, tell me about the day that you came up with the realization that you so were the boss. I started. People. I started. Right, I'll, it's, I'll get into the whole, and I, this would be good advice for for people. Don't don't go out of your way too much. <laughs> um, I, I started walking Stephanie to her car because she would leave late, and it was dark. Yeah. Um, and it was not a well lit parking garage, so I started just as you know, I would stay late because I was trying to impress the boss, and you know, I just started working. Yeah. So I figured I might as well walk in her car. She came to ex- it, it. She came to expect it. Yeah. So it, I couldn't get the fuck out of it. Yeah. No. <laughs> so every day, and there's nothing worse in the world than not knowing when your day ends. When you when you, 
people who stay late, they at least know I have this much work and it's probably going to take me until about seven or eight o'clock or it's going to take till 11 o'clock or I'm going to be here till two in the morning. But, you know, I would get done with my day and then I would just sit and wait. Yeah. And I had no idea when we were leaving. And it was and I could not. It was every single day. And throughout the day, she would drop a little like, "Okay, well, I'll just see you later when we walk to the car. You know what I mean? Like she she came to expect it. Yeah. And. Um, it, it that first year was just fucking miserable with having to having to stay late all the time and walk in her car. Ab- about a month in, she says to me, she calls me in and I HR in her office and this guy Lee and and she's like, look, we want to promote you. Um, we want to make you salary because you're staying late anyway, and it just you know. It makes sense for the... They said it makes more sense for me, but it makes more sense for the company, actually, if I'm... So you were getting paid hourly before? At, the, at that time. Okay. About a month in, they officially promoted me and said, well, so now you're going to be salaried and we'll give you, you know, your title is... I don't remember what it was. Head of the writing department. I don't, I don't remember Some, what my yeah. title was. Some title. And, and I said, okay, well, th- what does that mean? Like, who am I... Who, who am I the head of? And she was like... You're already, you've already been <laughs> the head of everyone in that room. And I was like, really? I was like, am I supposed to be instructing them, supervising them? Like, I haven't even, like, I didn't even, I was asking them for help and, and like, saying, you know, hey, Howard, the graphic designer, like, could you do this? I need this. Like, I, I have this picture and I need it altered because to make it look like this is happening instead of this happening. And I need this from this stock photo. I need it removed and flipped upside down or whatever. Can you do that? But it was a very like, he's just my coworker and I was politely asking. And he was probably taking it like, okay, my boss is telling me to do something. Yeah. <clears throat> and I had no idea. So <clears throat> I was like, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> Um, do but they know that? I was say, that must have been nice for them, though, because yeah. they're like, oh, my new boss is really nice. Like He's treating yeah. me like a peer. So um, I, I, nothing much changed after that. I didn't really, uh, you know, as the company grew and expanded, I had a lot more people underneath me. So I got, I, I ended up, you know, at first I was doing a lot of the writing and I was writing all of the books. I wrote like 200 books. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of them. And as we grew, um, first of all, we, we grew out of that building and we moved to another building down the street um, and we took up the entire floor. And then we had, and then this was most of the time that I was, so I don't know if there's anything else you want to know about that office. It was, uh, I don't know, it wasn't, there wasn't much to speak of. It was just us in a room. It was very basic in the beginning and there were yeah, very few people, um, you know, we would meet for lunch and hang out and I had to fire Actually, I didn't have to fire Howard. Howard was the graphic designer, and they they fired him. That was um, weird because we would normally eat lunch right in either in the in the commons area or right in the the room where we worked. Yeah. And Stephanie told me, "He's like, can you get everyone out? Like, take everyone out to lunch, and you know." And that was so she could. So when we came back, he was gone. Oh, so um, this was and, like, hey, Howard, you. Stay back. Yeah. yeah, and I knew that was ha- I knew that was happening the day of, um, but yeah, it was that was like three or four months in. So that was, you know, whatever. I was sad to see him go, but um, but I didn't have to do it. Um, and that was that was pretty much it. It was just 
the site wasn't online, nothing. So is there anything else you want to know about? Well, I mean, it, it's, well, two things. One, real quick, just to get it out of the way. I'm guessing by just the looseness of everything and it being a creative venture, yeah. that you could just take lunch whenever you felt like taking lunch? Or was there like a set like time where it's like, hey, it's such and such a clock, it's time for us all to take a break? We all took lunch at the same time, but I don't know that it was set. It was just I like think someone it was decided just, and we're all yeah, together. Yeah, I think it was just, and I think it was, I think we all took lunch around, God, I want to say one o'clock? Can that be right? That sounds about right. That's pretty normal. Yeah, and we had an hour lunch, um, of, you know, and uh, yeah, typically we would just eat right there in the office. Yeah, that sounds pretty, yeah, pretty relaxed. Yeah. So, do you have any advice for someone who wanted, who would want to get into something like this? Like, where do you start? Like, I know you started on Craigslist, but I mean, like, do you right. have any insight now that you? Oh well, I'm not done. By the way, I, oh I no, 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 no. I'm, just, I'm just bouncing around um, trying to trying to get see, something. Try, I would say be creative with. If you see a job that you really want, you have to kind of try to stand. I mean, I stood out by writing something that I knew that they would be interested in. And also writing it very quickly so that I could yeah, show so you, them. You delivered. Right I could away. show them yeah. that I could meet a deadline. Um, I, I, you know, interviewing is always difficult, but uh, I think the best thing is to just kind of what I typically do whenever I interview is beforehand I will uh, I'll look up some common interview questions online and I'll just you know you know what are some of the best answers for these? What are how would I answer this? You know what. What are your What are your weaknesses? I mean, I, I think I think the best way to if someone asks you, you know, what you, what's your what's your weakness, the best way to answer it has to be <clears throat> is to be honest about it, but try to make it try to turn. Don't say something like I'm I'm too much of a perfectionist. Or, oh yeah, those bullshit. I I, I care too much about people. Like shut up. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll typically say something like I'm not very good with technology, um, but. In order to correct that, when I had to learn at my last job, when I had to learn Excel, I took a, a night class on it. Right. So, so to show them that if you realize that you have something that you're not great at, you will work to improve yeah, upon it. Yeah, you spend the extra effort right. and, and really get yeah. down to so, it. So um, I, I think it's just best to just try and be as calm as possible and answer as honestly as possible. Um, not Try not to be negative about anything. Try not to talk negatively about your last job or your last boss, even if... Even if you think that's going to make, you know, even if you think that they want to know, oh, well, he left not because he's a bad employee, but because the job sucked. They, they, that just makes you look like you're, you're trash talking people. That's good advice for any, any, any like, job. Just don't, yeah. don't be negative. There's, it doesn't benefit you in any right. way. Talk about your strengths. Talk about what, it's always good. The, the job I just got hired for, um, I, you know, I looked into the company before the interview, and they were very impressed because I knew the owner's background when he was interviewing me, and I knew w what the restaurants he, he owned were, what uh, <coughs> what his past was, where he came from, what restaurants he owned in the past. So when they asked me a question, they said, well, he said in the interview process, he said, well, this was back when I had another restaurant. And I said, oh, you mean, um, I think it's called Fire and Ice. I was like, you mean Fire and Ice? So... And he's like, yeah, you know about that. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I looked into it. I'm very interested in having this job. It just yeah. makes you look like it's not just another interview. Like you yeah, want like you're the not job. doing twenty a day. Right. You came in here to get this job because you want. Right. This exactly. Job. That's. Yeah. I think that's good advice. That's very good advice. Um, 
Okay, over the course of how long did you say the span was that you started and ended? So it was, so it was uh, end of 2008 to beginning of 2014. Okay, so in that span of time, were there any stories that really stick out that, like, just, just for sheer, I don't know, entertainment value or lesson learned kind of things? Is there anything that just pops into your head? I mean, we're just okay. So we're talking generally now. So yeah, because to backtrack, I, we moved to another office setting, and it, the the vibe very much changed. All right, tell me about that. Okay, so the vibe we had a production room, which was this huge. Imagine like a gymnasium, but carpeted, obviously. Yeah. And with cubicles, but they're not cube. They weren't. They didn't have high walls like you would think of in a cubicle. It was just like those the shorter the, the shorter walls. Yeah, yeah. Little, you know, basically you're just sitting at a desk and you could see everybody. Yeah, and it was just you know everybody was in that room except for upper management who were all in offices around, yeah. and we had the entire floor. So this there was this huge room, the production room, and there was my two good friends, Nathan Drobnak, who is now my reference for whenever I need a job. He was my boss at that point. He was in charge. He was head of production. And then under him, there was the gaming, the gaming unit, the, um, I don't know, the artists, the programmers, and then books. Yeah. And I was books. Um, and my buddy Eddie was gaming. So, that that do, do the books and the gaming ever coincide? Yeah, okay. they I, uh, they would come to me for dialogue if they needed some dialogue in a game. I would write the copy for that. I one of my favorite things was they would challenge me because I am a fairly creative person. So they would challenge me to uh, this is actually a pretty good story. Um, they would come up to me and they just they'd be like it, it got to the point where they knew that it was like. Let's see how long it takes him. Yeah. And I would write, I would come up with the titles for their games. And they'd come up to me like, all right, listen. It's a game and there's a dinosaur, right? And these different items fall from the sky. And the dinosaur takes the items and he has to put them into different compartments based on like, if it's a red rose, the red rose goes in the red compartment. If it's like a blue, you know. A blue car, little model car, it goes in with the blue. So he has to sort them all. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I get it. I get what you're saying. I get where you're going. Give me half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were always like, you know, hanging on. So the, the name I came up for that one, which a lot of my names got rejected, but that one was was one of my favorites. It was Dino Sorter, which I thought that's was, a great one. Yeah, yeah. that's a good name. I but like that. My favorite name that was rejected that I'm still pissed to this day that I want to, the upper management just piss me off. And they're like, all right, look, you got this monkey or a chimpanzee or a, um, a gorilla, something like that, right? And it's in a cage <laughs> and it has to escape. But to escape, I don't know, it has to do with something with numbers or adding or something like that. Yeah. It has to escape its cage and get out through, past the, the zookeeper, blah, blah, blah. And that's the game. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, give me a little help. And then one I came up with, which was soundly rejected, which I argued. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. If we don't use this title, I quit. Like, I was... I was yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Mission Chimpossible. <laughs> they were like... And I was like, we can get the music? And they're like, we can't use Mission... First of all... And I think it was like something like, first of all, it's not a chimp. And I was like, 
That doesn't matter. <laughs> That's not the point. It's for kids. And second of all, we, we'd have to get licensing from the movies. And I was like, just do it. <laughs> I love that title. Um, so that was one of the things I, I named a lot of their stuff. I well, would, since we're on the topic, what are do you have any other favorite rejections that were you were just? I like, can't. I can't remember. Not, there was this happened a lot. I can't. This is this is you know eight years ago and I don't really remember. I know that's a those were the two that stuff always fast. Those were the two that stand out in my head. Um, so sorry, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> no, um, but uh, and then yeah, we I would write there. If they had tax that they needed, I would I would do it. I ch- I checked the, um, I checked the grammar and stuff like that, um, and I started getting it. So the the vibe in the production room was very different than the old office because everyone was separate in the old office, and in the new office, everyone was in one place, and we had Nerf guns and we were shooting Nerf guns at each other all day, and you know you could, you just had to get up and walk, you know, across the, the little aisle to, to get to someone to, to kind of discuss stuff with them. So, you know, the the morale kind of went up because we were not, we're not like huddled in, yeah, a, exactly. in a dark crevice. Um, and then we started, you know, they started hiring. Like we started doing, we instead of, instead of using stock photos for the books, now we're having illustrators, cartoonists draw them. Um, and we're having um, graphic designers design them. And then just, there was, a, there was all the books now were, were, more professionally done and so I had more designers underneath me I had more writers underneath me and there was this whole kind of section where I sat and I was at the head of the section and then there, there was the the whole group was was down the line and um it just it, it, there I stopped writing the books I started overseeing them and I and I would come up with ideas a lot of the time but I wasn't actually doing a, a lot of the writing so what was at that point? What was your day like? What were you doing if you weren't writing? Uh, near the end, I was not doing anything. There was about a year that I was. I got like, in a year's time, I probably did four hours of work total. Like it was, it was so, bad. So are you essentially supervising? Is that yeah, what it is? yeah? But it was. I so, so this was so this is another thing that people might be interested in, in hearing about is office politics, which I really, really don't like. Stephanie was very difficult to work for. Micromanaged a, a lot. So I was kind of I was middle management. So I was in between, you know, the upper management was like, we need this, we need this, we need this. And they brought in this guy, Dave, and he was like an expert on education. Um, and so everything became, well, we can't do that because, you know, we had a book, The Five Senses. We can't do that because there's, there's more than five senses. There's, there's 50 different senses. And I'm like, uh, okay, but what we teach but, kids. Yeah, we're talking to children here. Right. So. And, 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 you know, everything became incredibly, incredibly overanalyzed. Um, and they were based, it was, ba- I was just a go-between a lot of the time. It was like, here's what we want and I would take it to my team they would do it I would take it back to them they would reject it for various reasons and whatever and a lot of the things I was doing at that point was just kind of editing mm. um, I've always been very good at grammar I have a background in literature um, and I got I got to the point where I was doing I was doing that a lot then they brought in so I had, and a lot of it was just like I, I started becoming very displeased with the fact that we were writing very, very bo- boring books for children. And so I very much started pitching the idea 
that it is it is worth it in and of itself to just have fiction books on the site that don't teach anything whatsoever that don't have a lesson behind them um but because if if they hold the child's interest then the child is learning to read and getting interested in yeah, reading. Yeah, and that alone is... Right. It? Yeah. So I, I, I said, you know, in and of itself, at the core there, we sh- we could be writing, like, more like type, like Dr. Seuss books. All of our books were like textbooks. They were boring, and I hated them. And I couldn't get, I couldn't get away from that. Um, so I had to kind of, I had to turn it into a lesson. And there's this, uh, again, this is so long ago, I can't remember. There's, there's this thing called um, sight words. That's what they are. Where there are words that you, that do not relate to anything, so you can't show like door. You could teach a kid a door by showing them a picture of a door, and then underneath there's the word door. But you can't teach a kid the word the because what are you pointing to it? Like what are you what are you showing them? True. So they're called sight words. So you have to learn them just on sight. Okay, and there's 100, 150 different sight words: the, if, when, you know, like just weird like words like that. So I started, I started pitching the ideas like, look, let us write fiction books. Let us write like Dr. Seuss type, happy, happy child books. Something to just keep the attention going. Right. And... But each book will focus on like five different sight words. Yeah. And we'll keep repeating those words so that we can, we can make them bold. And then that's the lesson. These are the sight words books. Yeah. So that became my big thing was I was pitching the sight words books. And there was a whole series and it was going to be... You know, instead of how plants grow, or you know, what the sound of G, the two the two sounds of G, you know, um, it was it was going to be like, you know, Lipo hugs the moon, you know, yeah, J- Jackie skips and jumps, you know, st- stupid whatever, yeah, yeah, little kid stuff, and then it was going to have, you know, Jackie skips and jumps would have like, you know, if and the and and they would just repeat them. Um, and it just kept it just kept going around and around where they just would not let it be create well blah, 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 and it, it, they would they would just suck all the fun out of everything it was yeah. it was it was kind of miserable um then they then Doug decided he wanted to check all of the books for grammar and i said you know I, i've been checking them and i'm pretty good at grammar so he he wants to check them through someone who's not you right so they brought in an outside consultant who was an editor for 25 years with Scholastic. And this was, this was the beginning of the end for me. She went through all the books. And I, I'm not, I, I know this is going to sound like... Uh, this is going to sound like bullshit. Okay? Well, go for it. All right. Uh, it's, it's not. It, it, I think a, a lot of people will defend themselves when they're incorrect even I'm not that type of person if I'm wrong I'm like okay yeah I fucked that up I think a lot of times when someone's brought in to do something they justify their position by making sure that they are adding something and so they find something yeah and she started marking up all these books with incorrect grammar and I was like and I'm like no no that is that is that is wrong. She is just trying to correct. And at this point, I'm taking this very personally because yeah. grammar is, is my thing. But at this point, I didn't really know. I knew uh, instinctively. I knew about dangling participles and I knew about, you know, 
uh, complex, you know, sentences and things like that. But I didn't know what they were, what the actual terminology was for it, right? So I'd be like, no, that's wrong. And I, and why is it wrong? I don't know. (laughs) But I I just, I just know it. I know it's wrong. So I went out and bought all of the style guides. And there's, there's, you know, there's like 20 or so different style guides. I got like nine of them um, and just started learning them. Chicago Manual Style. You've probably heard of MLA. MLA is the style guide that is used to, <clears throat> is used when you're in high school and you're writing a paper or writing a thesis. That's MLA style. So you would follow the guidelines, the grammar guidelines. If you're writing a high school paper, it would be according to M- MLA. If you're writing a newspaper article, the style guide you would follow is AP. That's the, that's the style. Um, Chicago Manual Style is basic writing. Um, there's, a, you know, the American Medical Association (AMA). There's, um, there's, there's, diff- there's, there's a, there's a bunch of them. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what I was going to ask. Is like, isn't it just like math, where is like you can just reference it and be like, you're no. incorrect. There's, this is there's all different loose enough, and there's different schools of thinking. No, that- it's it's. There's very there's a, even in children's books, even in simple sentences, there's a lot of gray area. Um, it's just. And it gets it gets really ridiculous because you're arguing about like where a comma goes, and you're yeah. and you're and you're having a, a you're having an hours long debate over where a comma goes. Yeah. Um, but there's different style guides that say different things, and there's different nuance. I, I I wish I could. I mean, okay. So one of the one of the questions that comes up often is is the is the uh, the uh, what's the comma called the uh, Oxford comma the Oxford comma. Which I which I use, <clears throat> but you don't you don't have to use it in every situation, and there are situations in which you shouldn't. Yeah, I, I still don't fully understand the Oxford comma. And there's it's 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 a gray area. Um, there's there's the, the when you're when you're writing um, a dependent clause with the word who, it becomes very gray as to whether or not it's a dependent clause or not. The boy who the boy who ran to the store. It, it like is that the boy comma who ran like it becomes very questionable um, and so there was a lot of debate and there was a and she was just there were things that she was obviously doing wrong and I was like no no this is fucking wrong and so I started learning what the terminology was so I started reading the style I was gonna say did she have a style that she was like she our style about? our official style was Chicago manual style okay so that was the one that I was learning the most yeah but I started learning all of them. Yeah. Just so I knew the, the different nuances. Yeah. Not all of them. Seven, so, eight, nine of them, something like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, like, we had books about, we had children's books about medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, we, weird little things like that. So that's why I was like, all right, I want to learn the the AMA style. You know, the just just it's because. Just because, yeah. So I got very good at defending myself. <laughs> I got very good at saying no, because and here's why, and and here's the here's the and here's the reason. And I could show you the page number. And so and I went. I just skipped Stephanie. <laughs> I just went right to Lee, who was the COO, and I would bring the book in, and be like, "Here's what she said. Here's what it says in the book. What do you want me to do?" And it was like every day, and it was it was volatile because I I really I really to this day feel like this woman. Was was honestly just trying to make up shit because they're, they're simple books and I'm. You have no idea how 
I, I, yeah, you're obviously when I text, when yeah. I text message someone, the grammar is perfect. You know what I mean? Like, um, so it, it, the, I, I, there, it was an ongoing war and they, this guy, Dave, who was the head of the, uh, you know, Mr. Education was taking her side a lot on it. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, I mean, if you guys want to be wrong, then that's fine. The, oh, the, the one, the one, I remember one of the big fights. They were teaching less and more. The difference between less, less and more. And, more. Yeah. and they, Dave had them showing less, like, like John has more candies than Cindy, right? S- Susie has less, um, less pennies than Jimmy. Yeah. And I'd be like, nope, it's fewer. It's it's fewer. And 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 he was like, no. And I was like, no, yes. I was like, if it's if if you're gonna do less, if you're gonna do a book called Less is Less and More, then in, to, in order to show less, it has to be and I didn't know the terminology back then, but it's 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 a there's things called count nouns. So a count noun would be like pennies, something that you can count. And a um I can't remember the name now because I haven't done editing in so long. <laughs> the other type is like we got there's there's less snow. It's 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 not you can't you can't count individual items. Less snow, but fewer snowflakes. Yeah, because there's, there's no way to say fewer snow. Right, right. Without, it's less without snow. Referencing the actual flake. Less snow. rain. We got less rain this summer than we did last summer, and there were fewer raindrops. Yeah. If you can count it as an individual thing, it's fewer. Yeah. And I was like, you, all of these. All of these examples are fewer, and they and they were defending it as as being less. And I was like, in what world? Like you you've just spent the last two years being completely pedantic about everything, and you're going to make a blatant mistake. And he was like, it doesn't matter at this age. They they, they just need to learn the difference between less and more. And I was like, it's like so you're going to teach them the wrong grammar, and and you've been. And it was just because they were. Oh, I remember another one. <laughs> Go for it. Now these I'm now mad, these I'm memories now these memories are coming back. Um, but this was it was just because that was their initial. People don't have tend to not want to change their mind if it was their own initial idea. Yeah, and they don't want to change. They don't want to change their initial statement. They don't want to. It goes people, back people, to what you said before. People don't want to admit they're wrong. They never want to admit That's they're a wrong. Terrible character flaw in people. I, I I do not like that. So, we were talking about there were different books about the sounds that letters make, the different different types of letters, and there's certain nouns that that change their sound if they come after another another letter. Yeah. Um. Um, it, it, it's it's a lot with uh, E and A, but so I I went in and I it, it's called it's all one of them is called an R controlled vowel. Okay, okay. so like if, if a vowel follows the an R or an R comes afterwards, I can't remember the exact word, but it, the the sound changes. Um, so like car is a sound that it, it typically would be the, the the it's K it would be C A would be K, you know. But when you add the R, it becomes car. car so it's yeah. an, the ah, it's an ah sound. Yeah. And a lot of them, you know, there's R controlled vowels, there's L controlled vowels. I don't know, there's a lot of them. And I was like, okay, what about the, I was like, we don't, we don't have a book on 
the L controlled O, and they were like, that doesn't exist. And I was like, no, the the there there is there's the L controlled O, and they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, well, like like bowl or hole or you know what I mean, like. And they were like, that's just a that's just a long O. And I was like, so I went, and I kept. I don't know if I'm making it clear what I'm talking about. But I, I got it. Ho- I, it would be okay. So it would be a non-L controlled O would be home or rope, and that's the long O. Yeah. And they're trying to tell me that that's the exact same sound as bowl, hole, coal. So I went, I got so pissed off that one day I just spoke every fucking word that I was with them, I used the I, the L-controlled O, but I did it with a long O. So I was like, oh, I need to get a bowl of cereal <laughs> and, like, held up. Like, and I, and I was just, I, it just, it, like, okay, okay, it doesn't exist, but it should. Like, this is the exact same thing we've been talking about. Why is this different from the other ones? Oh, because they didn't, they didn't think of it or they didn't invent it or, or whatever. I don't know. So it, just stupid shit like that. We were, we're, we're having... We're having arguments for for days on shit like that, yeah. and that's what I did. That was my day. I can see that, like at this point, where you don't really have a lot to do yourself, that this becomes your de facto job, right? And it just drives you insane, right? So, eventually, I got them to realize that they everything. Everything that was written in the department was sent to this consultant at Scholastic. And then it was sent back to me. And she's the one that's been kind of making all the waves. Right. So initially it was sent to her, and then that was it. And then they amended that, that it would be sent to her, and then sent to me to check. And I was like, so she's checking my own... I mean, this is I'm overseeing these books, okay? I see them. Yeah. I send them to her. And then she sends me back so that I check her changes. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I basically just started just getting rid. There were there. Don't get me wrong. There were some things that she would find, like typos and shit like that, that I would miss. I mean, it, it, there's certain sometimes, but there were very few, honestly. Yeah. Um, but it just it became, and I, and I said to the guy, the, my managers, the upper management, I was like. Why are we even sending it to her? If I'm the final check on this, why don't I just check it? And they're like, it's always good to have another set of eyes. Maybe they were right about that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, but it was just, it was just a, it was a thorn in my side for a very long time. And that's that's what my job became. It, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what I was gonna say. Like, it was very not very creative at the end. Yeah. So what was the thing that like what was the straw that broke the camel's back? What did it for you? What you, you were just like I'm out. There was a day. Where Stephanie came into the production room, and she was very difficult to work for. Um, everyone despised her. Everyone, and she oversaw everyone. And every we we actually had lunch meetings where we got together. We we're like, we need to go to them and talk to them about Stephanie, because it's she she is making everyone miserable. She's and this she's is also sl- like micromanaging. Yeah, she's, she's like- slowing everything down. She's. She has to have her, her hand in everything. I tried to work around her. I tried to do a project on my own where I just went right directly to Lee and Duggan and the other guys, and I just I just circumvented her, which was probably not. But I was just so fed up, and I was just like, I just, and I let, we left her out of this entire 
this project that I was working on it was a count, uh, something with counting. I don't remember. It was a it was a little instead of a book. It was like it was like a moving book. It was going to be um, it was going to be designed so that the, the you turn the page and then the, there was like a little comic that, that moved. Yeah, so it, it was interactive. Ideally interactive on the computer, right? Not, yeah. And I just kind of skipped her, and then she just needled her way in. She starts showing up to the meetings we're having on this, and I'm like. She's not even in, like. How did she get? How did she become involved in this? Like, how, yeah. and and I, I, I can't even describe. Like, it was just very, very difficult working for her. And everyone, everyone, there was a girl that ended up getting fired because she they brought in outside consultants to work with the artists, and um, one of the artists sent them a, a, an email just laying it out saying Stephanie is a hindrance and just explaining how terrible she was and they fired her the next day for that email because the, the outside consultants showed it to Stephanie and their bosses and everything yeah. so we had meetings where it was me and Nathan and Eddie the, the kind of Nate was my direct boss but I never went to him for anything unless we were we were just friends Yeah. I mean I would I would go to him and be like yo I'm doing this and he'd be like cool Sounds awesome. <laughs> like that was yeah. that was the extent of it. Like he was, he was. Did in, he know he was your boss? He knew he, he knew he was my boss. He knew he was my boss, but he was just it was just a very kind of casual thing. But yeah. Stephanie was everyone's boss, so we had yeah. to go to Stephanie for everything. Every little move we made, we couldn't do it on. We, why didn't you come to me about this? Why didn't you do this? And she thought she knew everything. She, she just she thought she was God's gift to everything. So. Eddie and I and Nate started getting very, very kind of upset as like the heads of our departments, and a lot of people. We got a lot of people. We got like twenty people and had a lunch. Like, well, what, what can we do? And we decided to talk to them to the to like Lee and Doug and HR about it. And and you know nothing came of it. And then I think the final straw was probably about six months before I finally left. Um, she came into the production room and she was pissed off at somebody for something. And I. I don't, I don't, she, I don't even know what she was pissed off about, but she was just giving them shit. And and she loudly goes, well, I don't even know why you're bringing him up. I don't even know why. Greg Dulles doesn't write the books. I write the books. I'm in charge of the books. It's not, This has nothing to do with Greg. And I was like, what the fuck? You know? And I, I just, I was like, what... I was like, first of all, I'm sitting here and, and enjoying Reddit. You know, like, what, I'm not even, I'm not even, like, what do you, what is this? Like, now all of a sudden, I'm being, I'm being tossed into this equation. And I just, I went home. I was, I got up and I was like, fuck this. And I just walked out. Um, and it just, it just got so bad. I, just all the, all the pedantic bullshit, the, uh, the lack of creativity, the, the constant bringing in consultants for everything, everything, you know, Doug would, Nate and, and Eddie and all the designers and programmers were so fucking sick of, like, they would explain to me, like, you have to understand, and I don't understand technology, but they'd be like, Greg, he's having us move things like a pixel to the right. And, and Nate was like, the human eye, and I don't remember the numbers, so don't quote me on this, but the human eye cannot sense under four pixels, whatever it is. Yeah. He's like, he's having us move things a pixel. Up and like they would just be over, you know, looking over someone. They brought in this woman that sat across me. She was a designer, and she was just such a goddamn brown noser. And she was like, "Have uh, you ever seen Office Space? Yeah, you know the one. There's certain people that just annoy you. Like, yeah, you know, wait, you know, 
Thank you for calling. How may I help you? The whole pl- remember that woman? You whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason why I never really worked in an office. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a woman who was like, she was just like, that sounds fantastic uh, to everything. I really don't like her. And then she would she would be like, everything. She'd be like, question. And if I, at one point I'd be like, listen. Just ask the question. <laughs> like, you don't. Yeah, you just skip, that. Oh, just, <laughs> just, just skip ahead. And she always did that. Like, oh, everything Doug said, everything all the managers said, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Oh my God. And I was like, and then she and I went at it one time because I was talking, and I, th- I think the word was rapacious that I used. And she's like, that's offensive. And I, or no, I think I said something like, well, he, I, you know, it's because he has a rapier's wit. And she was like, well, that's offensive. And I was like, no, it's is, not. Is, do you know what the, the word is? Um, <laughs> and I just, I don't like it when people question, like, I get, I'm kind of arrogant about words and grammar and things like that. And I just, I got very pissed. Like, like you're getting offended by a word you don't understand. And I was like, and I, so I started using words like rapacious and, and just like, she was just all flustered and pissed off. And it was, so that was annoying. The consultants they were bringing in. Then the fact that everyone was getting promoted and getting raises, and they were just promoting people. Like, I had been there from the beginning, and I was the head writer, but they're promoting all these girls. This is going to sound sexist, but it was like reverse sexism. And I I went, I was like, look, we're all still in the production room. All the guys who were here, me, Eddie, Nate, all the dudes who were here in the production room, this girl was brought in as like an intern like she like her background is like I, I don't I don't even like her last job was probably like 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 retail mm-hmm. and she's now like my she's our boss like they, and they were just and I started naming all I, I went through I was like this is I guys I know this sounds sexist but I'm just gonna name you a few people and you tell me where they are and I would name all the dudes all the guys like all the, all in the same place in the production room and then I would start naming all these women and they were all promoted above us and and they were in positions where they were they were supervising the production room and so, I was like what the fuck is going on so essentially like just jumping the line yeah so I went to HR and I was like so like what what's with this and her answer was well you're our superstar you're not going to you're not going to promote your superstar because you want your superstar in the game and I was like, "That's stupid! Like, don't, don't, don't piss on my feet and tell me it's rain. Like, what? Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, of course we're promoting them. They don't have any skills that you guys have, so they can they can supervise everyone. Like, so the people who don't know what they're talking about are now overseeing my work. Like, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. And it was just all bit, not, you know, there was a lot of lack of creativity. There was a lot of bullshit. That incident with Stephanie." That was kind of the end of it. So I started, again, look, and another bit of advice I would give to people, and my dad's advice was always this, is um, try not to quit your job until you have another job already. Yeah, that's that's a good piece of advice Um, as well. You can always, you know, get pissed off and just think of that moment when you're going to quit after you have the other job lined up. Um, So I started working nights while I was still at ABC Mouse for a company called Paper Check. And I was an online editor, and, and the way that worked was, people would send in, you know, different doctors would send in theses that they were trying to get. You know, college kids would send in 
papers, whatever, and they had editors that would go through and edit them and correct them and, and make notes on them and, and send them back. And I, is, is that still a thing? Did yeah, they do that? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I think say, give them right. a plug because that, that, I didn't know that service existed. It's called Paper Check. Um, it's just online? Just, just online. Uh, there's, there's different places like it. Um, it was a cool place to work. You know, I, I, it was on your own time. They would give me... I had a guy that was like a handler and he was like... I, they would give me... A, there was a queue and he would say, okay, here's the papers you have. Here's the Here's the word count for today um, and you know the different items and, and and the fact that I knew all the different style guides came into play because if I got I get like a psychology paper I had to follow the I can't remember the name of the psychology I can't remember the name of the psychology the, what was it AMA the, AMA is medicine so there's a different the, one there's a different one for psychology and I can't remember it right that's now weird. you think they would be in the same kind of actually you know thing. what maybe AMA is psychology and, and CSE no CSE C, maybe it's CME is is medicine and CSE is science. Like there's a bunch of them. I, they well, whatever. I'm it's sure all mis- the, it's all mashed up in my if anyone's drug and alcohol can, adult, adult brain. Yeah, they can they can Google it. Yeah. It um, but my background because I was learning because I was out of spite trying to learn exactly how to counter this woman that they brought in from Scholastic. I learned this new skill. Yeah. And so I was able to start doing that. And I started making good money at it. And it got to the point where I was like, I could just do this. Yeah. I could just do this because I could do it. I'm spending four or five hours a night. I could do it for eight or ten hours a day on my own time and make more money because I, I was getting paid hourly. And I could live off this. And I'm miserable. Um, so um, I the last, the last six months, I... I I became like, again, it's going to sound egotistical and arrogant, but it's true. I became like, uh, like a tall tale around the office. <laughs> like I, it was they, it, I had, I had people, I had guys come up to me and like, you're my fucking hero, dude, because I was just, I was trying to get fired. You were um, just on the warpath. Yeah, just like, and okay. I was just, you know, Dave Henry would come. There's a new, there's a new thing we need where you're going to have to at the end of every at the end of every uh, whatever you have to write up a paper explaining what you did on that project so, and that's going to be at, at the end of every hour there's going to be a different and I'm like I, you know, I'm, I was like you know I'm not I'm not doing that and he was like you're you know do we need to no 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 we're good I just wanted to check the time okay um, you know I'm nah not, not going to happen and we got in this big fight in the middle of the production room where he was like you, I'm telling you as your boss you're doing this. And I was like, and I'm telling you, as your subordinate, not going to happen. <laughs> and he was like, then show up tomorrow at Human Resources. And I was like, you better be in that room too, because I have a lot of shit that I want to talk about. And and it was like, everyone was like, holy fuck, Dallas is just going off. And like every day, <laughs> I was coming in at like noon and like leaving at like two. I would I would I would make an appearance and I'd be like, well, they're not they're not giving me anything to do today. I might as well take the fuck off because and I was making it real obvious, like because I don't have anything to do because this group is being directly supervised by the group above me and they are I, I am the middleman. Just, yeah. If you want to tell them something, just tell them directly. Stephanie just came in and yelled at someone and, and said, Greg Dallas doesn't do this. I do it. So do it. 
Yeah. Um, Knock yourself out. Now I'm getting spastic. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's a fantastic way to go. But there was also, they had an entire wall. <laughs> I think it was called the Shit Dallas Says Wall. Um, <laughs> and it was just all the different, there was different things. that I, the, the one girl hated vegetables and she went on vacation. And so I, I filled her entire desk. I went to the market and I got all of these raw veg. I mean, wheelbarrow full of raw. And I, when she came back, it was just covered in vegetables. Another another girl went on, and this was just out of fun. I mean, these are friends of mine. But yeah. um, when she came back, I had changed, I had changed her entire cubicle to 1950s. <laughs> so she had a Rolex or a Rolodex. And it was like pencils and a typewriter, <laughs> and and uh, the, and I like I changed her pictures. I put like pictures of, like Elvis on it and stuff. Um, but then there was just like like I I hit my I hit my head on something and like I'm bald, so like a piece of skin came off, and so I. I, I don't, they 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 framed it and hung it up. Like they were just. They were, I don't I don't remember. Uh, they made a cartoon about me. <laughs> the, the designers. I, I'm like I'm not. I wasn't kidding. I I know it sounds egotistical to say this, but I it was like, holy shit. Like it was like that was the new fun thing to do in the office was that I was going off the goddamn rails. Yeah. And and there was a there was a cartoon that they drew about me and and that was a there was a huge picture. Um, they painted it right on the wall, and then when they actually ended up painting it, everyone was everyone was very upset because it was, it was the they had shirts made with the cartoon image of me on the shirt with like little quotes that I would say when I would like, well that's that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and I'm not going to do it. Like like that was <laughs> the last six months were very very weird, um, and then one day I just I they, I realized they weren't going to fire me. I was getting really really I was exhausted because I was sneaking. A lot of the editing that I was doing for Paper Check, I was doing in the office at, at ABC Bounce, which I didn't think was right. Um, I was exhausted because I had all this, I was getting, being given more and more work at Paper Check to edit. Um, and uh, so I, was, I wasn't getting enough sleep, you know. Yeah. Um, so it just got to be too much. So at the end, I came in, I came in with a bottle of champagne. And I remember I was riding up in the elevator and Dave, uh, um, Dave, gets in the elevator and it was just me and him and he's like you know what's the champagne for i was like today's your lucky day dave and that's i didn't even tell him why i was like it was like congratulations and and i didn't say why and then i went into uh i went into hr and i just i popped the champagne she's like what are you doing and i was like today i am giving you my notice um i you know so I figured you might want to celebrate. Yeah. I had that kind of relationship with the HR woman. She, she and I would joke around a lot with each other. Um, so, but this was an interesting thing. And this is something to remember. In a business like that, HR does not work for you. And they are not looking out for your best interests. They are yeah. looking out, even though you might think they are. They are looking well, they present at, themselves that way a lot right. of the time. They are looking the out case. for the company. They are yeah. there to protect the company. Um, and the company don't ever feel bad about like doing what you have to do for yourself because they don't give a shit. They will roll over. So this was in a, a situation. I came in in February and I said, Hey, I'm going to leave. I'm going to take off. I'm going to give you guys, I know, you know, I'm the head of this department. I, I know you probably want to uh, replace me and maybe you want me to train someone. So I'm giving you like, I'll, I'll leave like end of March. I'm giving you like 
a month and a half notice. Yeah. Um, so my last day will be like March 31st or something like that. Let's just say that. And uh, <clears throat> I went back to my desk and told people that I was leaving and whatever. Oh, I had a mug. <laughs> I'd started drinking coffee for this purpose. I had a mug that had a middle finger on the bottom of it. And anytime, anytime one of my bosses would come over, I would just drink the mug. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a weird couple of months. Um, so the next day, they came to my desk and they said, we're going to escort you out. And they watched me. They watched me pack up my stuff from my desk. I mean, I gave them a month and a half notice. But next day, bam. Next day, you're out. We want you out because, and they they did that with everyone, really. Um, so it wasn't because I was being a dickhead, although maybe it was partly because I was being a dickhead. But um, the security guy watched me pack my stuff and, and walked, you know, duck walked me out of the building. And, and that was embarrassing because a lot of people didn't know that I had quit. You know, just the people. Yeah. I mean, this this production room was pretty vast. So, yeah. The people in my in my department knew in the surrounding little area, but on the other side, they just saw me being escorted out. So they thought I got fired, which is you know I'm holding a box. Yeah, of it's shit. a little embarrassing. But, um, but then so then, and and they were gonna just so then I, I I went back. I called HR from home when I got fired. I was pissed off. I was yeah. like, you know, I I gave you the courtesy. Yeah. Um, I brought champagne. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I said I called her. I was like, um, so if. So uh, did you fire me? And she was like, "No, you quit." And I was like, "Right, I quit." But you put in notice. I put in notice, and I was and I had a formal. I mean, I wrote a formal, you know, resignation letter, yeah. which was very polite, and yeah, you know, very, they, I appreciated my time here, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as like Doug and Lee and and HR were concerned, they thought I was a stellar employee. It was just like Dave and this scholastic woman and Stephanie that that was all kind of contained. So they they didn't think you know. Yeah. They they weren't hateful of me or anything, but uh, I, I was like, so so here's the deal: if I was planning on having a salary for the next month and a half, so if you're firing me, if if you're letting me go now, that I'm not going to have that salary. I'm going to go and get unemployment. I'm going to collect unemployment. Yeah. Um, so they paid me through March, oh. um, and I didn't have to go to work. So that was extra extra money for me. But they yeah they they don't. They won't give you the courtesy that you give them a lot of the time. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that's true in a lot of places. So two things, and then um, I'm gonna wrap it up. I got different questions okay. I dug right. up. I don't know where I found these. Okay. But um, what's? Can you just give me one like positive for someone who would want to be a writer in this office type of setting? Like if they just wanted to come out of college. Well, it's very very. Want to be it's a, writer. a lot of times a writer is in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, you're alone in a room. I mean. There's, um, when someone acts, oftentimes they'll get on stage and they have an immediate reaction. Yeah. They are either appreciated or not yeah, appreciated. It's, okay. Instant gratification. Right. You play music, you're a singer, you sing, instant gratification. You play, sit, play a guitar at a party. Oh, look at what, how good he is at playing guitar. A writer goes into their room, often with an inebriate of choice, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay? And locks himself in there in the dark by themselves and has conversations with himself or herself. Mm -hmm. um, because I, a lot of the things I write, I say out loud and I read out loud so I can hear it in my head, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, and we don't have, if you try to show somebody something you've written, it's, you know, maybe they'll read it, probably not. And 
And if they do, they'll 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 read it in like a week, and then if you talk to them, they'll be like, oh yeah, that was pretty good, or you know, yeah. whatever. You know, I, I I had a girl, I had a girl. Well, I'm not gonna get into that. Um, <laughs> anyway, the so working as a writer in an office situation like this, when you can be creative, there was a lot of times where you got where we got. Um, instant feedback a lot of that that wall that I described to you a lot of that was because I was doing creative things and they thought it was I was funny you know Um, and so they would they would they would put things that I wrote or whatever on the wall and I the appreciation of that was here's a here's a guy who names all who you know we have a challenge for him where we're gonna he's gonna name our thing well let's see how long it takes you just say a lot of that sounds really fun yes and and it's it's nice it's a nice situation for a writer when it goes south, like it went for me, where it becomes everything creative you try to do is turned into not even a relic of what you started with, and it turns and it gets rejected or it gets micromanaged, it gets twisted and turned around. So now the, what you started with that was fun and light and happy has turned into something that is you don't even recognize. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of that I think is the balance of a growing company, right? Where it can start out fun and then it gets so big. Then all the fun is sucked out of it, and everybody has to validate their their position, and everyone has to have their their finger in the in the in the mix. You know, they have to have they have too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, basically, too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, great way to put it. Now let's go because it's hard. I think to, there was the second thing, right? Yeah, no. the second oh. thing is I wanted to get into because, like I said, the format is we go through your entire day. Okay. Now I feel like we need to land somewhere in the middle. Because the beginning is you were commuting kind of a lot, and then towards the end you were you've had it and you're already working at this other place. So yeah. let's do the you're walking your boss to the parking structure. Yeah, that let's ended say, when we moved to the next building. I and she and she was, and I basically just said, "Well, I'm not going to walk you out." I had to like really kind of suck it up and be like, "I'm not going to walk you out anymore because the the parking garage is right in the in the basement." Yeah, and I, that was hard to say. Because she she was upset by that. But go on, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, no, this is, I just think that that's the best avenue to get to the end of your day. So what time about would you say she's done and you got to walk her to the parking structure? When we were in the original building? Yes, yes. um, It varied. I mean, a lot of times it was like 7, 7.30. Sometimes it was like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. Let's let's Um, go with 7.30 just for the sake of continuity. Because I want to know about your routine of the day. Like, that's a big part of it. So you you hit the parking structure, you walk her to her car, yeah. you go to yours, yeah. your commute. Um, when it was when I was driving to, to Playa, yeah. uh, a lot of times I would miss my, a lot of the traffic, which was nice because I was leaving so late. Um, so how, what, what are we talking, like half the time it took you to Half stay? hour. Half hour? Okay. Yeah, and someone... it's same kind of routine as before, like audiobooks, radio? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think a lot of times at the end of the day I would kind of sit quietly in my car and just kind of, you know, digest what was going on. Yeah, that's why I always ask. Process Some people it. need to just turn it all off and, like, yeah. just I, I, digest. I, I, I think I think at the end of the day a lot of times I, <laughs> if I was upset I would sit in silence. Sometimes I would have arguments or say the things that I wanted to say, whatever. Um, and, you know, a lot of times I would go... I would get back to play and I would go, I would stop on the way home and have a beer or two, happy hour, whatever. It would be past happy hour, but, um, you know, 
that was that was basically it. Um, I, I'm not a guy that is in relationships very often. Um, sometimes I had girlfriend. I had I had a girlfriend that I worked with actually, which I don't know if you want to get into that. We don't have to go that. <laughs> way, I mean, we're, we already did. Like, yeah, we were worried about filling the time. Uh, we filled the time. No problem. She well, she was. A, yeah, if I had a girlfriend during those six years or what seven six and a half years. Then I would hang out with her. If I didn't, I would go have a drink or two. Um, All right. So that's general. Like, in, in I assume there's some dinner involved somewhere in yeah. that time. I I I'm an eat out kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So I often will go to a place that, that serves beer and and so it's the half sandwiches hour and the dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what time would you normally say you get to bed? Do you have a normal bedtime? My we talked about this in the last session um my sleep uh, my sleep is very weird um it it's very erratic i often don't go to sleep last so last night <clears throat> the reason i couldn't meet up with you today earlier was because last night i went to bed at two o'clock in the afternoon this afternoon yeah <laughs> okay and i slept until about six yeah. um and that's not unusual for me and it becomes a problem when you're going to to work every day um uh, you have to be there in the morning. If you don't get to bed till three, four in the morning, you're only getting a little a little bit of sleep. Um, if I hardly ever, ever, there's I don't think there's been in my adult life, you know, more than a handful of times that I've gone to bed before midnight. Yeah, um, I'm usually up until two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Me too. That's why I ask. Yeah. I'm always curious about that. But is and and we I think we did cover it last time. But there is no routine. There's no like things that you do to get to bed. No. I mean, in the in the past, I watch movies. Um, I still do that. Um, I watch television shows now. Um, a lot of stuff on Netflix and HBO Max and things like that. And um, yeah, I mean, in the past when I was writing, that's that would be prime writing time. Yeah. I haven't been writing for on my own for a while, although it is something I want to get back into. But my life has changed greatly. Yeah, um, it seems like you're in a transitional period. Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically just watch some TV, whatever. Watch a movie. Watch watch uh, whatever. Breaking Bad or whatever. All right, I'd say that wraps up the day. That we knocked that out. We got okay. plenty of time. Um. So let's just knock out a few more questions. I, right. I had to dig up different ones. It's not as many as the last time either. Okay. It's just a handful, just because I like having like a fun part Ooh. at the end that gets people to you know keep listening. Cool. Um, how do you tie your shoes? These don't have shoelaces. Oh shit! And I also wear boots. I wear boots and I wear these. Um, so I don't. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I had shoelaces actually. Really? Yeah. Good. That's a good answer. Uh, I wear I I. The thing I normally wear when I wear anytime I wear jeans, I'm wearing. Uh, I have boots that I used to ride. Mo- uh, they're the boots I wore when I rode my motorcycle. Oh, okay. Um, so I wear those a lot. They're very comfortable for me. I've got used to them. Um, and when I'm wearing shorts, I wear typically wear something like this or slippers. Yeah. So what would you call that? That's because it looks like it has laces, but it doesn't. I mean, it, it, they're like faux. They're laces. faux laces. Yeah. I, it's just, just a slip-on shoe. I don't know. Um, yeah. Most of my shoes are like that. Fair enough. Uh, do you have a particular movie that ever made you cry? I have a few. Give me, give me the the top top few or 
one or two. When I was in high school, my friends called me Hooch for a while because Turner and Hooch made me ball like a baby. <laughs> All right. When I this is when I was living in Florida with my roommate, <laughs> he had I had to pick him up from work. We had to, we had, we shared a car, so one of us would be home watching a movie, and the other one would be at work. And I was waiting for him to call me because we self we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. And uh, I was watching Mr. Holland's Opus, and <laughs> okay. it, it something about it hit me, probably daddy issues of some sort. But I started crying, and when he called, he couldn't understand me. I was like <laughs> blubbering. Like I was like, I was openly weeping, and I was like, <sighs> and I couldn't get the words out. And then it was about a 20-minute drive to pick him up. By the time I got there, I was I still couldn't talk. And so he get he's like, "Let me drive, let me drive." He's like, "Get in the passenger side. You, it's going to be okay." He's like he's like, "Just calm down, breathe." And like it was like 5 minutes into the ride home before I could catch myself. And he's like, "All right, can, can you just tell me what is it?" And I was like, "I just I just saw Mr. Holland's office, and I think I need to call my dad. And, and and he was like, "Are you shitting me?" He's like, he's pissed. He's like, "I thought someone died." Like he, he's like, "Are you kidding me?" You over a movie. So that was um, the the movie Savannah Smile. I was just talking about this movie. There's a girl that works at D's. Her name's Savannah, and she, I'm the only person who ever knew. I was like, have you ever heard of the movie Savannah Smiles? And she said, I'm named after Savannah Smiles. You're the only person that's ever said that, that to me wild. in my life. And I was like, that movie made me cry like a baby. Um, I've never even heard of that. It's movie. a little girl, runs away. She's this cute little blonde girl. She's like four. And she runs away from home because her parents are mean to her. And she gets in the backseat of a car. And it just so happens that the backseat of the car she gets into belongs to two ex-cons that just got out of prison. And everyone thinks that they kidnapped her. And at the end... They get arrested, and they're standing there, and she's like, she comes running up, and she's like, Bootsy! <laughs> this is, I, I told you I go off on tangents. Bootsy, I'm going home now, and I think everything's going to be okay, but nobody's mad at me. And he's like, he can't hug her because he's handcuffed, and he's like, yeah, everything's going to be okay. And then she walks away, and, and the one guy turns the, to the other guy and says, Bootsy, do you think, think they'll ever tell her that we were actually the bad guys? And he just says, it won't matter. And and it's just like I just lose my mind crying over that. There's there's a, I mean I could I we could do a entire podcast on movies that make you cry. Oh and yeah, because I, I mean like the, we did one interview two days ago, and it's, it's like now I have to watch Joe versus the volcano, mm -hmm. and now I have to watch Savannah Smile. I mean I don't I don't know how good Savannah Smile is. It was a long time ago that I saw. It's it, been a long time since I seen Mr. Holland's Opus, so like I might oh. have to revisit that. Just, yeah, you know, out of this. But anyway, uh, what do you do for fun? I, I'm a very big movie guy. I like watching movies. I probably will go... I haven't been to the movie theater in a while. So I was going to say, what was the last thing you saw in a theater? It's been a really long time. I, I had a girlfriend that we broke up last year, um, and I was. I think it was something like Knives Out or something. It was, that was about pre-COVID. Yeah. I, we had COVID made just not... We didn't go out to the movies a lot. I think it was something along those lines. And then we broke up, and I, you know, I, I just haven't really been in the mood to go see a movie but I, I I like to go to the movie theater by myself sometimes so I think I'm going to go try and check out I, I wasn't I don't like sequels I hate the fact that we have to recycle everything yeah. 
But I think I'm going to go see Top Gun Maverick because I've heard good things about it. I've I, heard nothing but good reviews. Yeah. It's astounding to me. I would not have guessed. I, when I saw it, I was like, that is going to suck. And apparently it doesn't suck. So I now I want to see why it doesn't suck because it should suck. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But also that seems like a movie theater movie. Like that's, yeah. yeah. Half of that experience is going to be because of the theater. Right. But my, my initial response to that when I saw the previews was like, that, it's the wrong time for that. It's not going to hit the zeitgeist that the original hit. That's when what it, I you thought. Know, I was like, who's it's, that it's, for right yeah, now? Yeah, it's not, it doesn't make sense. So apparently they, they did a good job. So I want to check it out. Yeah, I'm not checking that one out. Um, uh, do you have a secret talent? Um, it's not a secret, but <laughs> I am an insanely good ping pong player. Like that, that counts. That's... And again, this is going to sound like an exaggeration, but like there was a ping pong table at a bar that I used to go to in Playa del Rey, and um, people used to come from other towns to play me. That's, like yeah, like that's... there was there were people who were like in leagues, and I wouldn't go play in the leagues. I just played at this bar, and they would come out to play me, and I would beat them. Like I and I don't know where that and I. Want a trip to Hawaii on Wheel of Fortune because <laughs> I'm good with words. And I took my brother, and there was a ping pong table. And I was like, hey, man, you know, maybe we should play. And my brother was like, you don't want to do that. You don't, want to, you don't know what you're getting into. And I was like, no, you don't know what you're getting into. And we played each other to like a stalemate for like hours. We were both like, and both of us were like, what? It's genetic. It's ping pong is genetic. Yeah. Like we're, I was like, why are you so good at this? He's like, I have no idea. I'm just really good at it. And I was like, same with me. Like, so yeah, ping pong. That's wild. And yeah, it's that counts as secret talent because okay. we've hung out enough times that I didn't know that about you. Yeah. That's a fucking secret. Um, how do you relax? Uh, well, you know, I, I like to have a drink or two. Um, I have cats that I like to cuddle with. Um, you know, nothing, nothing special there. Again, just yeah. what? No, I'm not a big. I'm not a big. Have to mu- knock them all out of the park. It's yeah, fine. <laughs> I'm not a big music guy. I'm more of a movie guy, so I'll I'll put on something and watch something. Yeah, I like to watch scenes from movies. It's something that relaxes. I get down weird rabbit holes on YouTube yeah. with that. Once yeah. once they started doing like you could just watch a scene from some like I'll I'll go nutty with that. Um, the last question here, uh, I already asked you by accident. That was the last movie you saw in a theater, so we skip that. We'll okay. make this other one the last one. Um, what do you want out of your day? Ooh, out of my day? Out of your day. You wake up and what do you want out of your day? Well, I mean, it, it depends on the day. I guess, I guess right now I would like to accomplish just, just the, the ability to, to get some things done. I think that I, I, you know, I've, I've been, I have had a bout with depression for a while. I had some things happen um, that really kind of screwed me up for a couple months. Well, I think that and all this COVID stuff's got everyone yeah, yeah, in a really yeah. dark so place. I so. was, I was in a, I was in a very bad place. My, you know, my cat died. I lost my job last November. I, it was just car, di- car broke down. I got COVID even though I was vaccinated. Um, just a lot of shit went down. Um, so. I found myself just not getting anything done. So now it's like, if you can just get one or two things accomplished and then the next day accomplished one or two other things, that's kind of a big deal. Like today, the thing I accomplished was I finalized, I'm trying to get financial aid for my health insurance. Um, And so I was, you know, you have to call and you're put on hold and you wait like 
it's a lot. It's a big pain in the ass. So getting that done today, um, and tomorrow I'm going to try, and, you know, and I did this with you, and tomorrow I'm going to try to make sure I get my laundry done and I have to go do some errands and things like that. So it's, it's basically, at this point, it's just trying to get a few things done. At some point, if I get out of this rut that I'm in, I would hope that I could write a few pages per day again. Yeah. Um, the fact that I've been in this rut for a while has made me not be the writer that I was, and I still have a lot of good ideas. I still have a lot of things that I want to that I want to get done in that regard, in that arena. So I think in a, you know, in a couple months, once I have a steady income again, because I'm starting a new job soon, hopefully I can sit down at the end of the night instead of just watching movies or TV or petting my cats or doing whatever. Hopefully I can start writing a few pages. And then my goal would be to, I'd have a set number of pages that I'd try to hit. Um, maybe two or three pages a night, maybe five pages, maybe one page, whatever. Um, and that would be every day try to do that, try to try to write some. I think that's an excellent note to go out on, especially okay. for any aspiring writer out there. Yeah, Just yeah. knock out a couple pages. Just yeah, it's not, well, it's not all inspiration and creativity. A lot of it is just legwork <laughs> it's yeah. just you gotta just put in the time and effort and keep going exactly all right, all right thanks thank man. You. thank you <laughs>